Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 188. On this episode, we break down the Foundation Cigars Tabernacle David, the smaller of the two and the David and Goliath series of cigars. Um, Let's waste no more time. Let's get into it. Sing a song now. You know, one of the things that I know people don't know about you is the fact that you're a decent singer. <laughs> and I only say decent. I would have said good, but I'm only saying decent yeah. because you haven't really sung in a long time. So I feel like there's some degradation. That's possible. That is possible. Unless you're like part of some weird church choir we don't know about that you participate in two nights a week. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, you think I'm terrible now? And then you just pull out some fucking gospel shit. <laughs> yeah. That'd be wild, wouldn't it? That would be pretty wild. Um, I wanted to show you this because it's like brand new. Um, except for the fact that I will say and I will preface that I, I have kind of a love, not a love affair with this guy, but I've actually met him before. Mm-hmm. Um, hang tight. And I know that you don't know anything about UFC. Do you know who Cody Garbrandt is? No. So Cody Garbrandt is a really fucking good UFC fighter. And I think lightweight, I don't know if he's in featherweight, I think he's lightweight division. Um, he's from Cleveland, so he's a Cleveland, Ohio boy. I think he's living in Cleveland right now. Anyway, so him and his son took a flight today via Southwest. His son's two years old. And his son just like was being finicky about wearing his mask. So they kicked both of them off the flight. No shit. Yeah, so here's here's him. Oh, shit, don't do that. Oh, watch again on Instagram. Okay. Is it showing Instagram now? Uh, yeah. Let's even watch it. But that's okay. Wait, is this him recording it? Yeah, that's so, so what he did was here. I'll play it again real quick. Here we go. Yep. You're gonna hide it off. You're gonna hide in there. You need to turn it off. Taking us off. Two years old. Two years old. So, so the person that he was going out in the, in the restroom was the flight attendant that originally kicked him off and ran away from him. <laughs> so he went to confront him. By the way, one of the baddest motherfuckers on earth, literally on earth. Like he is, I saw him and his fiance at the time at, uh, in Las Vegas, the last time I was out there, which was real dope. Um, and she ain't ugly. She is not bad on the eyes. <laughs> seeing if I can, uh, damn it. I feel like I have to like log into my account to see it but yeah he is like premier fucking badass ufc fighter there's actually another video that he posted too let me see if i can watch that one this was like a little bit later when they were getting him off so this is kind of funny because what he did was obviously he's pissed off and i get as a parent you're upset the airlines also have rules so there's like a little bit of a gray area here as far as like well what do you do if you're the airline right like how do you navigate these kinds of waters um yeah this is him before he leaves the flight. Oh, look who doesn't have their masks on. Pilots. He actually steps into the pilot's booth to take film of him <laughs> before he leaves. <laughs> and he's like, oh, look look who doesn't have their masks on. Hmm, that's interesting. So he's obviously upset because him and his two-year-old son are kicked off a flight and they're trying to get somewhere. I'm not really sure where they're going, but he posted I think all somewhere, over. Probably Southwest. South Southwest, probably. You think guess. he's going Southwest? We only fly as the name dictates. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only direction we fly. 
I'm gonna see if I can find something real quick. Um, not that you care. In fact, like, if you missed the stop, we have to keep flying southwest, which will take us to Antarctica soon, <laughs> and then we'll be able to make it back through northern, northeastern Canada, back down to Chicago. That's funny. Um, I'm gonna see if I can pull this up real quick. Dude, he straight, like, his last fight, I'm not kidding you, was so gruesome the way he knocked this dude out. Because I was waiting for him to have a comeback because he, like, lost to TJ Gillishaw, which I don't like. That guy's a douche or magoosher. Um, So he ended up fighting this other guy. Like, he just came, like, literally just made his comeback. And he fucking, dude, this knockout that he had was, it was insane. I'm going to see if I can find it right now. But he hit, and he's not a big dude. That's the crazy thing. It's like if you actually look at him, like stature wise, he's fucking, he's tiny. Like he's not, he's like maybe five six, five seven. When I saw him, he was like this like really nice maroon suit in Vegas in the Cosmopolitan <laughs> with his um uh what do I want to call her fiance, but like she's like ninety five percent not real. You know what oh. I mean? Um, concubine. Sure, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> here's the thing: Could you imagine, like, strip away knowing him at all? Yeah. And imagine seeing Manny Pacquiao come through, and then cause stir up some shit, which rightfully so in this story. But imagine Manny Pacquiao stirring up shit. This little five foot five. Filipino, Filipino looking dude. I don't think he's Filipino, but uh, he, he, he is Filipino. Okay, perfect. Yeah, he's Filipino. Okay, but then you know he's turning up shit, and you've got like a big old fat like flight attendant. Like I'm gonna fucking smash you, little Fino Filipino man. And then <laughs> then he just fucking like just like bam, fucking fast jabs this fucking fat guy down. Like you wouldn't suspect it. You wouldn't see it coming. No. Did you did you see that video of the the he's like a college placeholder? So he's not like, you know, a real football player. But there was this guy from Oklahoma University and his buddy, and they're big dudes. Like they're on the football team. So they're big guys. Even if you're the placeholder, you're a big dude. I work with a guy who used to be a placeholder for like University of Nebraska, and he's like six seven. He's fucking he's a monster. Mm. Um so these two dudes these football players started fucking with these guys at like a, I think they're like in a bathroom at a bar, like a college bar. So it's real shitty. There's like urine all over the floor. And the one dude steps up and gets this guy's face. Both the guys who are being, that they're, that they're creating this instigation with are smaller than them. Cause they're football players. They're big dudes and they don't, I don't feel like they feel that they're threatened by anybody or feel a threat from anybody just given their size. Right. Yeah. So they approach these two other smaller dudes and like one guy's got like cowboy boots on and the guy gets in his face and the and this dude's just like super still. He's just like this. And the guy's just like in his face and the next thing you know, this dude just turns on and just beats the living fuck out of this football player. And then his buddy who's with him, another oh. scrawny or smaller guy, grabs the other football player, Chris. It is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Come to find out, both of them have MMA backgrounds. And they, dude, the one, this smaller dude grabbed this huge football player and threw him down so hard, he hit his head against the wall and just blacked out. And then the guy oh, just shit. kept repeatedly, repeatedly hitting was he him basketball? in the face. 
No. They were nobodies. Here, check this out real quick. This is just going to be like an episode of like screen shares, I feel like. That's okay. Here's this Cody. So that's Cody Garbrandt with the beard on the left. Look at that. Dude, it's so filthy. Look at that knockout. Cody Garbrandt is the shit. I fucking love him as a fighter. He's always been one of my favorites. So I feel bad for him and his son. What do you think about that, though? Like, if you're an airline and you have rules, right? You have certain rules that you are bound to follow no matter what the circumstance or condition. Like, let's just take logic and reason and, like, the fact that he was a young child. Like, take all that out of it. Like, what would you do if you were a flight attendant? I don't know, but I know what I'd do as a pilot being caught without a mask. I'd be like, um, I got a doctor's note that says... (laughs) I, I can't wear a mask in the cockpit because I get too lightheaded and it's best for my job that I don't wear it so that I can fly you safely to your destination in San Diego on time without crashing and burning. I like it. Um, but as a flight attendant, uh, how would I have handled it? You know, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you don't say something, you've got that asshole sitting somewhere in coach that goes, Son's not wearing a mask. Someone's right. is anybody gonna do anything or someone not wearing a mask? Kids not even wearing a mask. And he, he the whole flight's just gonna be this bickering. Right. And then th- that guy is gonna write a bad review to Southwest saying they don't even take care of their customers. Make sure they're healthy and safe on a flight. So it's kind of like the path of least resistance is just to, you know, not possible in this example. Right. But just quietly remove someone who's not following the rule. Yeah, I think that's I think the I think the troubling part here is for most people is not so much like, well, so if you think about it, Cody Garbrandt is a an adult who knows how he knows the rules and knows how to follow them because he's mature enough to do so. It's not an adult sitting on an airplane going, I'm not following the rules. There's re there's serious repercussions for that on a flight, obviously, because he's an adult. He knows better, right? He's gone through life experience, understands difference between right and wrong. I would argue a two year old does not know that. So should there not be some sort of exercise in all of this that says, Hey, you know, even if a two year old, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, you know, as well as I do, like how, dude, having young kids like that is like, it's like herding cattle all the time. And they're always moving in different directions. They're always doing something, they're getting into something They're, You know what I mean? Like, that's just what they do. So to expect a two-year-old to have the cognitive ability to understand that this thing needs to be on my face for the duration of the flight without it being removed or adjusted or taken off for a second, like, it's a, like, is that an outdated policy knowing what we know now? Like knowing what we know about COVID-19 and before not having the best understanding of its impacts and like who it affects, do we look at it now a year later from its inception and say like, hey, two-year-olds should be able to fly on airplanes without any sort of mask requirements, right? Because it's unreasonable for us to suggest that a two-year-old could fly a duration of a flight without 
you know, messing with it, taking it off, suggesting it's uncomfortable and so on and so forth, right? It's a fucking two-year-old. He doesn't know. Like, even if his dad is, you know, explicitly telling him, like, you got to keep this on, it's like, he's fucking two years old. Like, how much do you expect? Like, what do you expect? And okay. and should you have some sort of policy in place that says, like, hey, if you're under this age, there is no, there is no process of which we say you have to wear this. Listen, kids come with privileges. Do kids eat free at Frisch's? Sure as fuck do. Well, it depends on the night, but yeah. Do kids get a free ice cream cone at their local theme park? Sure as fuck do. Do they, though? Yeah, probably. You know, do kids eat free at Frickers? I know no one knows what Frickers is, but they sure shit do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, kids come with privileges. You know, and it's kind of like, well, should this be a child privilege? You don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. I just think, honestly. Just like you don't have to pay for your dinner. (laughs) (laughs) To to me, this is a a gray area situation, and and this is why. I I don't think you can blame a stewardess or a flight attendant. What do we call them today? Flight attendants, right? I mean, it's sooner to be like some weird non-binary term. We'll call them like flight people, um, air people. Anyway, um, so it's it's just weird to me now how it's like, how do you not have something in place knowing what we know where it's like, come on. And then, and I get it. Like if you're a flight attendant, you're following the rules. This is not even a flight attendant thing. Like I think Cody Garbrandt's approach of a flight attendant in a bathroom who's just following the rules is the wrong way to go. I think the better thing for him to do is at a minimum talk to a pilot and or if they allow him access to if they don't it's like you got to take it up with an administrator inside someone who's a manager like flight attendants is like dude that person just following fucking rules they don't know any better they don't know what they can or can't do without someone telling them what they can or can't do it's not like they can operate in gray area they can't it's not like you know what i mean like you can't blame a flight attendant for that but overall i feel like you know, Southwest and all these other airlines should have very reasonable policies in place, especially for air travel at this particular point in time, which is different than a year ago. Just the reality is different than a year ago. That's true. What do you do when the oxygen masks deploy? I have my mask on. Wouldn't it be funny if it's like you're not wearing your mask or like you forgot to bring one and you just pop that thing open and just put it on your face? I'm good now. We're good. Don't that'd worry. We're challenging. good. I would imagine that'd be challenging. Yeah, a mask over a mask. There would still be someone as the plane's going like, like fucking buckling and like we're going down and the oxygen mask deployed. Like, what do I do? One person takes out the mask and you got that asshole in the back still going, he's not wearing a mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. It's actually a good point. What do you do when you're double masked and when it's mask inception? Then what do you do? You got to remove oh. one to put the other one on for it to be effective. There's no way oxygen is appropriately getting through the the finite fiber channels of a cloth mask. It isn't happening. There's a lot of people blacking out. That's what's happening. <laughs> definitely a lot of people blacking out. Yeah, what do you do in that situation, huh? Riddle me that, Southwest. What do yeah. you do? What do you do? Um, you want to see this? Uh, dude, I don't know why. I'm into violence today, I think, just... More so than I usually am because I'm just so fucking amped up and really pissed off about everything. Um, yeah. So do you want to watch this video of these two fucking asshole football players getting the shit beat out of them? Sure. Dude, it's dope. Just wait. You'll live it. Why is my screen... Oh, wait. There we go. 
Tell me when you can see this. I want to make sure it's on the right screen. Okay, I see MMA junkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Watch this shit. The football players are the ones pushing. Bam. Toast. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, buddy. Oh, shit. That's his brother with the beanie on. Back, Watch this shit right here. Hey. This is where he knocks him out. He just body slams him. That's just funny, bro. Hey, yeah, guillotine. Hey, rear naked choke. Tap out, my Yeah, the, the camera guy is awesome. Check this shit out. It's kind of... That dude's bloody as shit. And boom, he's out. Oh, shit, bro. And he just starts punching him in the face. He's even got cowboy boots on that slippery piss floor. Isn't that wild? Damn. Those two brothers. I, that could be me and you. That's my beanie. You mean the one, the ones getting our ass beat? No, we're the ones beating ass. Oh. The two guys that were at the, the two guys that got their ass beat were the football players that deserved it because they were starting shit. Yeah. The two smaller dudes were the brothers who beat the living fuck out of them because they were getting messed with. And they were like, oh, you messed with the wrong guys. You know, I often think about that's so why I don't start shit with people because I don't know how to fight to that degree. So I just don't start shit with people ever because you don't know. You don't know what somebody else knows. That's like, even if they're not carrying a weapon, you just don't know. Tried and true method I've always used because I get in a lot of street brawls. Or I should say I avoid a lot of street brawls. You got to strip down naked. And the thing is, yeah, is when you your, strip your down tactic naked, was what? Always be weirder than the other person. Yeah. You fucking strip down naked in front of someone when it's 20 degrees out and even manage to take off your socks. You're fucking <laughs> loco. Dude, we're going to go in like three, three minutes. I just got to remove all articles of clothing. And all you have to do when you fully declothe, start slapping your dick and say, come on, slap it. Slap it. And I'm telling you, no one is going to fuck with you. No one is going to fuck with you. I would hope not. What if they do, though? What if they come over and slap your dick and then punch you in the head? Then I'm both embarrassed and going to the hospital. <laughs> so you're taking a gamble, essentially, at the end of the day. You're taking a real hard gamble. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually pretty funny, though. That actually cracks me up. Because I feel like in... I mean, let's agree here. 90% of the time, your tactic works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that strategy of I'm going to get weirder than this dude who wants to beat my ass. I'm going to pull my dick out. He's going to yeah. run. He's going to be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. It's like the same guys that get like super amped up before someone fights and they start punching themselves in the face. And then the other person's like, uh, yeah. I don't want any part of this. It's pretty wild though, dude. Like I'm telling you, you just don't mess with anyone. Did I ever tell you that story of a guy that I know that I used to work with? I won't name his name. Not that it really matters, but him and a friend of his were at like a bar in Oregon district. And when they were there, uh, this person I know's friend who I also know, um, started hitting on this girl Mm -hmm. in the bar and he's a bigger fella like he's probably six two six three two fifty starts hitting on this girl 
and she's clearly there with another dude and he doesn't care and other dude politely according to the third party friend that I have that was just a witness to this whole thing said like yeah the, the guy was just like hey so and so like this is my girlfriend could you please not hit on her in front of me and then this person got super pissed off at the girl's boyfriend and was like do you want to take this outside by the way this character was a much smaller person than this other guy mm. who's instigating they go outside and the dude hits him one time <laughs> knocks two of his teeth out fucking blacks out because he hits him so hard and he's just laying passed out on the street the guy grabs his girlfriend and leaves apparently dude was like a boxer <laughs> like a really oh, well-trained no. one hit him with one punch smaller dude hits a dude that's like 6'2 250 busts out his teeth knocks him out all in one shot and just walks away <laughs> holy shit like that's why you don't fuck with people you just don't yeah. do it do not fuck with people oh it's just a bad idea um did you hear about uh the dr seuss stuff no the books so there's six dr seuss books that are being removed from circulation and publication <gasps> because um they imply certain racism like certain racist things so after all this time but now here's the thing no one's ever heard of these six books they're not oh, they're not yeah. amongst the popular but I will say this. So you have this is the this is the hypocrisy that I love both on the left and the right. This time it's the right's fault. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> and it cracks me up because they're so stupid. Um, so it's like this whole cancel culture thing, and like people are up in arms, like, you're gonna get rid of these are published, <laughs> these are published books by one of the most well-known authors in history. And how dare you do this as part of our history of blah, blah, blah. First of all, I did a little bit of research and went and actually looked at the depictions in the book of what these character drawings looked like. Mm -hmm. They racist. <laughs> They're super racist. There's no other way about it. It's fucking racist. <laughs> I was like, first of all, anybody who's complaining about the removal of these books who hasn't seen these images, stop and look at the images first and then tell me if your opinion changes. Oh my They're God. so racist. Oh, like I totally get it. And also in addition, people are like freaking out. Of course, it's that knee jerk reaction, right? How dare you do this? This is preserving history. These books have been in circulation for 60 years. How dare you do this? Right. And that's the response because people are uneducated and don't realize the context of the situation. Dr. Seuss himself, which dude has a weird ass fucking name. Wait, he's alive. No, he, he's dead. He's dead. I was about to but say, before, he, no, he died in 1991. But before he died, he actually asked them to be removed because he admitted, dude, he was born in 1904 as oh, a shit. white guy. You don't think Dr. Seuss was fucking racist? Every white guy back then was racist. And he even admitted, like, later on, he was just like, you know, I, you know, I don't like what I did as far as, like, the depictions and the characters and all that. Um, so he actually asked for those, those particular, um, books. And I think there was a few others to be removed from circulation and publication any further because he didn't agree with what he did at that particular point in time. And by the way, it wasn't a cancel culture thing. It wasn't like somebody on the left was like, what is this? It was his own family who's in charge of the publications now. His own family was the one that suggested, first of all, these were his wishes, and we feel this is the right thing to do. We are pulling these from publications. So arguably, the people who are going to make money on those books being in circulation are the ones that are taking them off the shelves. 
But dude, like every fucking right wing whatever wanted so badly to be like, what are you doing? It's like the same people who are like, you know, remove General Lee's statue in front of small courthouse in South Carolina and they freak out and they're like, this is a preservation of history. You're like, yeah, but you know, yeah, it's super racist. That's how these Dr. Seuss books things are. And, and the fact that it's like so many people are up in arms about it and then, you know, it ended up not being this fucking crazy huge deal and it wasn't part of cancel culture and it wasn't like any leftist doing it. It was his family that chose they the ones that made the decision. Because here's the thing. There isn't a progressive out there. There isn't anybody who's ultra liberal out there who's read any one of those six books because I never even fucking heard of them. Dr. Seuss has like 15,000 books. No one's ever heard of them. They had weird names and, you know, one depiction was of like an Asian guy eating noodles out of his hat or some shit. And the, the other one painted the picture of like an African guy, like literally looked like a gorilla. Like they were super racist. I was like, that's not good. Those should probably, those should probably be taken out. Yeah. Those are not favorable. Yeah. Did you see, Dr. Um, Seuss. <laughs> it is Dr. Seuss. Did you see, um, uh, I'm just like talking about topics that are super controversial right now and or That's hate fine. filled. Did you hear about the Mr. Potato Head thing? No, I can't. What now? What's wrong with Mr. Potato Head? Well, he's a Mr. Chris. That's what's wrong. Oh, Jesus. But they have a Mrs. They do. Thank you. This is okay. So you you'd actually made my point for me. So what I'm doing right now is making fun of people who are on the right who are like pissed off about the Dr. Seuss books and Mr. Potato Head. So Mr. Potato Head dropped the Mr. There's a Mr. Potato Head still, and there's a Mrs. Potato Head. Just on the box now, it says Potato Head because you're either going to get a Mr. or you're going to get a Miss. You don't need to call it a Mr. Potato Head when there's a female Mrs. Potato Head in the box. That's all they did. And people fucking flipped their shit. It made multinational news changing the name to just Potato Head. It's like, well, that should have happened forever ago when they made a Mrs. Potato Head. Because why would you have a Mr. Potato Head box with a Mrs. Potato Head inside of it? It makes no sense. That's true. So they just now call it Potato Head. And had it literally doesn't have like anything to do with like, like the whole, you know, making sure that we're remaining like gender conscious or anything like that. It's just like, no, it needs to be Potato Head now because there's two types of potatoes there's a man and a woman you can't call the female the male you can't say mr potato a box with a mrs you know miss potato head inside of it so like all these fucking right wingers got all pissed off and just like super angry about the fact that like now the mr potato head box changed like who does that affect he's still a they're still Here's mr the, potato head they didn't get rid of mr potato head they just got rid of the name on the, the box potato head Right? Yeah. Men get potato heads. I don't know where you're going with this. Bald. Mm. Okay. Right? Okay. Spud. Say it. Spud. Spud. That is a masculine word. Okay. Like, I play with my spud. Right. Do you hear a woman say she plays with her spud? I don't know. I feel like spud could be gender neutral or gender neutral, right? You think? Yeah, because a spud sounds like a bud and a bud <laughs> sounds like a G spot. <laughs> or sounds like the clit. 
Like box my bud. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a female somewhere has said that before. Spud? Like <laughs> tongue box my my spud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like she's like <laughs> maybe not maybe not Spud, but last like, night but. he went down on me for the first time. Oh yeah, how was that? I mean, it wasn't great. It's like he didn't even know where my Spud was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know what we just did there. We just made a new name for the fucking clip. <laughs> it should actually be, and this is another part of potato. It should be called the bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Should be called the bulb. Isn't a bulb part of a potato? Isn't that like the little thing that grows out of the... Are those called bulbs? Mmm, the testicles of the potato. (laughs) (laughs) Does a potato have bulbs? (laughs) I've seen plenty of potatoes with like six or seven dicks though. Oh, are potatoes seeds or bulbs? Oh. One person's like, dude, that's a fucking root. <laughs> it was like one of the answers on Google. It's a root, idiot. Um, yeah, I don't see anything with bulbs. So if you were surprised to see berries on your potato plants, you're not alone. Potatoes are normally grown from seed tubers. <laughs> I don't know why that I sounds funny, know. but that's great. Seed tubers. Is this like Jurassic Park? Where they're all inherently female, or are we dealing with a bunch of males, or are they asexual? Well, Chris, in terms of the toy, there's obviously multiple genders of the potato. Because if they're asexual, then obviously Mr. Potato Head is wrong. Mrs. Potato Head is wrong. Is wrong, right. And I think we should call it binary potato head, or uh, I don't know. What what's a what's another neutral gender that we could slap as a pronoun onto potato head? Is there anything that is essentially gender neutral other than just saying neutral? Oh, I don't like know. you couldn't even you couldn't even blend the two together. You know what I mean? As far as like man or woman, I'm gonna recoin it and I'm gonna call my gender gender versatile. I'm versatile. <laughs> yeah. When you just call it like ambiguous, well, that's when you need me to be a gender. When you need me to be a woman, I'll be a woman. <laughs> I will be your woman. Well, when that's are, non-binary. Yeah. When you need me to be a bear, I'll be a bear. You know. Yeah. If you want me to be a twink, I'll be a twink. You look you like a twink. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you do. Dude, you'd be someone's bitch for sure. Pro- probably. So I don't know. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Spud's very masculine to me, though. Spud does sound masculine. I will agree with you in terms of it sounds masculine. You know why? It's because it reminds me of the name Bud. Probably. And Bud is a very masculine name. Yeah. Like, if someone's name's Bud, what do you think? If I were to say, hey, Chris, hey, a little later, I'm going to introduce you to my friend Bud. What does Bud look like? Mm. Uh, 300 pounds, easily 6'6", six, six, has a short crew cut um literally has no eyebrows in fact it's just a big old chunk of flesh that just <laughs> hangs down real low on his eyelids but he's got right. no eyebrows right he's always got a face like about him he's got that that like permanent frown yeah 
And he always just goes. <laughs> and he's always wearing white shirts that are filthy. Filthy. Right. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah, I agree with you. That's what a bud looks like. That's your bud. <laughs> that is your bud. Yeah, that's. I think that's a great depiction of what a bud would look like. I was actually going to say wife beater, a filthy mm. wife beater, but I think we're both very similar there. We're paralleled yeah. with one another in terms yeah. of our description. That's a bud. Now, I call everybody bud. So I, I do too. That, I do have a really bad habit of doing that because I most people I say, thanks, bud. I'm not friendly with at all or don't want to be friends with, but I still say it because I'm so used to it. I should probably get out of that habit. I say bud when I have a general affinity and appreciation and love for someone. Oh, really? See, I use it very loosely. I say, like my worst enemies I'll call bud. Nah, see, if I call you pal, if I call you pal, that's like lower than low. That's the lowest of the low. That's the if lowest I call you, you pal, it's condescending as fuck, and you know it is. Yeah. Thanks, pal. See the look? Yeah. Hold on, ready? Thanks, pal. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows when you get called pal, someone's calling you out. That's basically like calling him a fucker. Which is, isn't that weird that I feel like contextually that's how most people would say pal? And yet we know it's negative, but the term pal means friends. Yeah. How does that work? Pen pals. Pen pal is probably the only exception. Now, you can hate the other person you're writing to. I I would suggest that you wouldn't, though. Like, you're such a piece of fucking shit over in Indonesia. You think you've got it hard? You don't have a divorced family. You don't know what it's like growing up in separate urban homes. You're the worst pen pal. And having to deal with two Christmases. You just, you're so fucking selfish over there in Indonesia, Mr. Muwap. You know, Mr. (laughs) Muwap. He's a piece of shit. Chris, that was so racist and insensitive. What's a Muwap? I don't know. I was trying to think of a name. How did you come up with Muop? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Here, let's see what Muop means. Let's the old Google machine fired up. But I imagine you could say hateful shit to your pen pal. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, for sure. You probably won't get a letter back, but you can keep sending them. <laughs> uh, you want to know what a Muop is? A muop is a motor unit. It's a, a it's a means motor unit action potential. A muop, the electrical changes generated by activity of the mu can be acquired and amplified by electrodes located in muscle mass, and these changes can be recorded and edited using electromyograph, electromyograph, myograph devices. The representation of these changes generated by the mu is also called the motor unit action potential MUAP. MUAP, Chris, however, is not an Indonesian's name, according to Google. Wow. Well, or depending on how you spell MUAP, but. Or, or maybe it's like MUAP. I don't know. Like MUAP. MUAP. Yeah, that's weird. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess to my point. Uh, all racism aside, you could say some hateful shit to a pen pal. Yeah, you could. You could. You could. Like, like could you hey, imagine? Pal. Could you imagine getting in a fight with a pen pal? <laughs> so, haven't heard you from. Haven't heard from you in three days. 
How do you have a conversation, what do you use a meaningful over there conversation in Asia, with a, a bunch of fucking carrier pigeons? Oh, wait, probably you don't even got that. You don't have pigeons. You got fucking macaws and goddamn parrots and shit. Yeah. You don't have the necessary equipment. Actually, that makes me want to get a pen pal. I think you can still do it. I think it's really popular amongst the prison population. Can't you just do it through Facebook now, though? Can you? No. How no, are there so many prisoners on Twitter? I don't know. And and uh, TikTok. There's like prisoners all over both. I'm like, how do you guys get access to these phones? Yeah, I don't know. I find that to be very strange. You know what? We should probably get in this review. We've we've literally talked about nothing for 35 <laughs> minutes. I'm sure listeners at this point are like, what in the fuck are they talking about? And I wonder how many people skip to the review, and I wonder how many people don't listen to the review and just listen to the banter. I should take a poll on that. What part of our show do you like best? The stupid idiocracy that is like the first 30 minutes or the last 30 minutes where we break down cigars that we think we know what we're talking about? That's true. <laughs> That's Which true. part of this fake show do you like most? <laughs> uh, what are we breaking down today? We are breaking down the Foundation Cigars David. This comes mm. in the David Goliath lineup. Um, obviously, David, by the name, a lot smaller. is the smaller of the two. The Goliath mm. is a bigger donger. Decided yeah. to do the David, and here's why. You want to know why I wanted to do the David? Is because of the smaller size, because this is a perfecto Vitola. He's got a small man complex. Yeah, and I also like more, I'll be honest with you, this is a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, spoiler alert. And I like the idea of smoking a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper with uh, the combination of fillers being lessened. So in a fatter Vitola, you get more of the filler, which I'm not saying is bad. I just really like Connecticut broadleaf wrapper type, so I want more of it in the balance of the cigar. So I wanted more of the ratio representation of that wrapper. That was the reason that I chose this one to review. So we are reviewing the Foundation Cigars. David, today, this was manufactured at AJ Fernandez. Keep in mind that most of the time, almost all the time, I say AJ Fernandez does an amazing job of blending for other people, but arguably does not do a great job of blending for themselves, except as of recent, where they've come out with a couple bangers in 2020. This is an AJ Fernandez cigar came out in 2020 came out towards the end of last year chris before we get in the components of the cigar how do we break this down each cigar review is broken i'm drunk is broken down into three main categories construction burn and flavor we then see if the cigar is worth the price for a possible bonus or deduction then finally we average out our individual reviews and give you our scores and final recommendation. I like it. Well, I already spoiled this in saying that it is Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper. It also has a Mexican San Andreas binder and a combination of Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. So this should be a tasty little treat. Comes in a Perfecto 5x54. I actually really love the Vitola on this particular scar. Love Perfectos. And I like the fact that this, and actually it was weird enough because it actually seems shorter than 5x54. It looks shorter than 5. Doesn't it? And maybe it's just because of the thickness of it, but then like compare it to the Mode 5, which I think is a 5x50 or 5x52. Yeah. And the Mode 5, I don't know why, looks bigger. 
So it's weird. Anyway, this comes in at a $12 price point, so a bit heightened for the Vitola itself if we're talking about averages. Um, but it's worth uh, going into to see if it's actually worth that price that you have to pay for the cigar at retail. Let's break this bad boy down. Chris, what do you think about the construction on this particular cigar? Looks like a turd. Looks like Dude, a it does look like a pinched off poop, doesn't it? It really does. It starts off pinched and then ends pinched. It's like it's very turd-like. Taking David from David and Goliath and finding his fossilized remains in a pile of his own shit when he first saw the first Goliath, and it's just like, like we're gonna take these little dookies here, these dookie fossils, and shape them into cigars and smoke them. That's what it's like. It yeah. literally looks like a turd. It looks like probably the night before David was prepping for his Goliath battle. And he had a lot of pasta and cheese. So it's a real thick, hard poop. Yeah. And yeah. he pinched it out. And that's the shape you get in this cigar. Yeah, for sure. Anything um, else you want to note about the construction, Chris, minus the fact that it looks like a turd? <laughs> uh, you know, I love dark, gritty Connecticut broadleaf wrappers. Love it. Dude, they're the best. Just it the looks best. like the fossilized remains of a shit turd. <laughs> I feel like I have to emphasize the poop twice in that description. You know what's really weird? So I'm going to make a reference to something, and it is shit-related. Go for it. But it's not a commonality thing. So <clears throat> Carlisle's food is, like, very dark because it's lamb. It's, like, cooked mm-hmm. lamb, so it's darker than, like, the chicken stuff that you usually get. So he gets fed lamb because he's a bougie little bitch. Um, so he poops, and it's really dark. And there's certain treats that I give him that have that gritty graininess to it. And I swear to God, when I think about one of those turds it looks like with the little tiny grains in it, it looks just like the grittiness on that Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Yeah. Also, by the way, if he shits out one of those solid, the next remaining seven shits are soupy as fuck because those treats fuck with his stomach and it gives him diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, it's in, you know, it's in, it has, it's all the natural characteristics you might see from a dark, gritty Connecticut broadleaf, dark speckling throughout, real textured like sandpaper. That one probably hurt coming out. Go, not not gonna lie. That that would probably hurt coming out. That would be a fucking tough one to, to, to grumble out. Yeah. Kind of, it did have a little bit of sheen to it, which I appreciate. And I gotta say, I gotta say, um, uh, you know the tabernacle brand of its in and of itself is is cool and intriguing and classy and antique in ways, and it looks great on this little tabernacle turd. <laughs> is this a tabernacle technically? I think so. I don't think so. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna call it a tabernacle because a tabernacle sounds like something comes out your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could have sworn. I don't think it is. I'm looking it up right now, but I'm pretty sure it's not. People already listening is like, you guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the I'm pretty sure the David and Goliath have nothing to do with the tabernacle whatsoever. Well, I'm gonna call it a tabernacle because it looks like a turd. But I mean, I'm uh, I'm cool with calling it whatever you want to call it because you know one of the things we get to afford ourselves on this show is that we get to say whatever the fuck we want. Um, so whether you like it or don't like it, we're just going to roll with it, but it's definitely not a tabernacle. 
I think what you are suggesting is there's some similarities in the logos themselves. For oh sure. no, you're right. It is the Tabernacle, Connecticut, Broadleaf, David and Goliath. You were right. Yeah. Holy shit! I was wrong as a fucker. Yeah. Oh well. my god! How did I mess up so bad? Oh shit! I'm an idiot. Dude, I retract everything I said. I did not think this was tabernacle. I, sh- I need to reposition this. Um, well, wow, fuck. Well, that's crazy. Well, in David's vocabulary, tabernacle means turd. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, you know what? I'm shitting on this. Yeah, you spent a lot of time on the <laughs> fact that this is has some sort of fecal representation. <laughs> it's a good-ass looking cigar, though. For, for a turd. Dude. But it's fucking <laughs> awesome. I really think the construction is great. Yeah. Real firm. Good look. Nice dark brown. <laughs> I do agree with you. Dark rich wrapper on this cigar is fucking awesome. <laughs> Mine was kind of weird because it had some sunspots. And what I mean by that is just like certain, <laughs> cer- <laughs> certain joints in it that are like lighter in complexity. Like almost where the wrapper meets. It <laughs> seems like. Side, that's the side that was faceless. <laughs> Um, it is very gritty, very toothy, as you would expect in a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Um, I fucking thought this cigar looked awesome, and I love the Vitola. And I will say, as obnoxious as the bands are in size for such a small Vitola, I really like the design of them. I actually like most of the designs, I think, across the board with Foundation. I like that it's kind of this like cool old school but new school feel. They just do a really good job of, like, I think, the artistic capability that they kind of bring into their cigars is really neat. So I thought the cigar construction wise is fucking outstanding. Um, All right, let's move on away from the fucking turd references and let's get into the burn. Um, Chris, what do you think about the burn on the cigar? (laughs) Great white ash. What'd you you expect to be burned? (laughs) Like those ones that sit in the summer sun for like four days basking in 100 degrees <laughs> totally dried <laughs> just out just ashy shit. and flaky it reminds me of the turd <laughs> off of um uh what's the movie that i love step brothers where he's like yeah. where maleki or the kid who's like <laughs> trying to make it he's like i'm not gonna eat this white turd <laughs> very exactly. ashy yeah 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 uh <laughs> very consistent though uh, it was a good, you know, for this Vitola, you do have to trim off a little bit because you're dealing with a Perfecto. So you got to be conscientious to maybe snip off a little bit more than maybe what you're comfortable with. It's up to you, though. But I tend to, on Perfectos, take a little bit more off the cap so I get a good airflow. Because in the beginning, when you have two tight ends. <laughs> yeah, it could be really tight. <laughs> yeah, when you have two tight <laughs> When you have an Aaron Hernandez and a Gronkowski. <laughs> two tight yeah. ends. Yep. That was a football reference. Two tight ends. Sometimes you're gonna pinch it off real hard. Uh but um so I like a little bit better airflow, so I trim off more on the cap. But yeah. that said, it was a good two, three puffer. Uh gray smoke production, very consistent burn all the way through. I never had to retouch it or relight it. What's interesting about this, and we'll note the fact that it is a twelve dollar cigar, and it feels shorter than five inches. It took a while for it to burn, and I don't know why. I Maybe I was babying it, but it yeah. seemed to burn much slower 
than I was anticipating a sub five inch cigar would do. So I feel like I got some longevity out of the burn, but I never had an issue with it whatsoever. Yeah. So I automatically assumed I would have an issue with the burn. I think when you have those tapered ends, especially the aggressive tapered end on the actual foot of the cigar, I just assumed I was going to have some wonkiness at the beginning because you're, you're lighting a hole that's the size of a straw and it, it, immediately expands and tapers into something this big like instantly right so i just assumed because i've had this trouble before that i was going to get an uneven burn perfecto is a really weird vitola it's like ones that everybody like but they don't also they don't always smoke the greatest and with a connecticut broadleaf wrapper a wrapper that's a little bit thicker and oily you could run into the possibility of burn issues Mm. i didn't have any i didn't either dude it burned even all the way through and i couldn't believe it great resistance on the draw Good smoke production, perfect burn, literally even and consistent all the way through. And I do agree with you. It feels like I smoked the cigar for fucking ever. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like the thickness of the wrapper and the fact that it was a little bit oily. Maybe that it just, it burned a little bit slower. I'm not sure. But I'm telling you right now, it felt like it lasted a lifetime. And I'm actually quite glad that I smoked this one instead of the Goliath because it was a perfect time frame in that particular circumstance where I was like, hey, this is really great because I only have this amount of time to smoke the cigar. It's perfect for this particular occasion. Having smoked something a little bit bigger would have caused me a little bit of trouble. And I honestly, I was like, I'll get through this thing in 45 minutes to an hour, no doubt. No, it was like an hour and 30 minutes, maybe a little bit more. It was crazy. Lasted a long time. Lasted a long time. Um, oh really, really, really enjoyed the just the overall experience in terms of the burn was awesome. Yeah, same. So far, Tons of yeah. consistency. So what did you think, and arguably the most important part of how we break these cigars down, what did you think of the flavor of the cigar? Also, let's think about the components of the cigars themselves. There's a lot going on in this thing. Listen, looks like a turd, burns like a turd. I was going into this thinking, it's going to taste like a turd. Now, what's sad is before I started really running with this turd, analogy i literally in my note said pretty sure it smells a little barnyardy and i was just <laughs> smells like a turd <laughs> and uh i literally wrote that down um but what's interesting about this cigar i'm pretty sure david the night before also with his cheese and pasta decided to maybe add some like red pepper or some spices to it um, to help with digestion and may- maybe like blood blood flow, but uh, this cigar on the initial hit bring brought out a lot of spice at, for me at first, where I was like, "Woo, David, what did you eat?" But um, it quickly subsided, which is good because I was like, "Woof!" If I got to deal with that little hit that I just did. For the the remainder of the next four and a three quarter inch cigar, because there's no way I'm believing it's five inches. Yeah, no way you're stretching I agree, it. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, um, I think it's like what they did at Subway, where they just suggested that every foot long was twelve inches long, and then someone called them out, and it was an eleven inch piece of bread, and they're like, "What the fuck? Where's my other inch?" Right. I kind of feel like exactly. it's that exactly. false marketing. Uh, but once that went away. There was some great notes that were like bitter and tangy, which is so indicative of a Connecticut broadleaf. It's such a 
when you have it enough and you've had another a bunch of other different rapper types it's it's so distinguished having a Connecticut broadleaf rapper that you know it when you have it when you've had it a lot you know it when you've had it and I haven't had a Connecticut broadleaf in a minute so when I had it, I was like yes that is that tang and bitter that I like in a Connecticut broadleaf now for the fillers you know was was great and I think it was complimentary uh, a lot of earthiness uh, woodiness um, there was even moments where it was savory in some ways. Um, I can't really ever say that I got creaminess. It did smooth out flavor wise. The, the blend of the taste and the flavors mellowed out and I think they blended well. Uh, but I never really got creaminess or anything like that really, but it was just this consistent amount of like spice, bitterness, tanginess, this earthy woodiness. And, um, after that first initial hit, it was, it was pretty consistent. You know, when it, when it gets to the bigger part, right. Uh, of, of the cigar in this perfecto, it, it changed up enough, I think, where it was kind of like in, enjoyable to where you kind of just, you're making subtle transitions. Um, but the flavor was very consistent in my opinion, but it just had a subtle transition when it got to the bigger part and then it went down. I feel like I got more bitter and and earthiness at the bigger part. Um, and then as it tapered off, I got more of the, more of the amounts of like the Connecticut broadleaf, um, that, and some of the spice coming back a little bit towards the end, but I thought the flavor was great. Um, I I would say the, the tabernacle, it, it, it it does rem it's reminiscent very much so of a tabernacle in a lot of ways and I think it's they it's right on cue or par with it. Um, I would say I question asterisk don't know if it, if it is or isn't better than a traditional tabernacle mm. that I'm not sure. Of Interesting. Well, there's two yet. tabernacles. You have the original tabernacle and the 142 and the Hab- Habana. Seed, right, right, the Habana. Yeah. Um, Habana. But I liked it. It was a great. It was a it was pretty solid flavor. Yeah. If you like spice and you kind of like those bold flavors, those pungent bitter flavors, well, it's like it's a great cigar. Um, so yeah, I definitely got a little bit of that rush of spice and pepper up front, which I actually really enjoyed in this cigar. I don't know why. It's because it's not like a it's not a super palatable thing for me in terms of like something that's like overly peppery and just kind of like sits on the back of your tongue and like just hangs out in the back of your throat and you're just like oh. Um, but I like the combination of flavors throughout and I like the intervals of the flavors that were introduced. So for me, it was like very earthly, it's sweet, it's bright. And I think a lot of where you get the sweetness and the brightness from, and a little bit of the mellowed flavors from that Honduran, um, filler, maybe, maybe not, but that, that to me is those two things. And even a little bit of that bitterness is kind of indicative of that again, interlaced with the wrapper type. And it, it did have some like. I always got like interview or intervals of like a little bit of like a fruity flavor and then a little bit of that what I would consider more of like a dark rich flavor which is indicative more like a like a kind of like a sharp cocoa flavor right like it's something that's a little bit just more like bitey on the palate Mm -hmm. but I say all those things together to me really worked. This cigar, so I, I, I reflect back on the fact that we smoked the El Wawense, was it the five year anniversary? Mm-hmm. Similar Vitola styles came out at the same time and I was excited to smoke them both. We smoked that one at the time and reviewed it and then finally got a chance to smoke the David. 
And I'll put it this way. The David, to me, was a much better cigar than the El Buente, um, the five-year anniversary, in my opinion. What I liked about this cigar was the flavor explosions throughout. So there's certain times in the cigar where it just seemed like everything came together and kind of like fucking punched you right in the fucking jaw, Mm -hmm. which I really liked. To me, this cigar is like the Swiss Army knife of cigars. It had pretty much everything. There wasn't anything missing from it, flavor or component-wise. Like, I think about cigars that are like Honduran Puros. You know what you're going to get within Honduran Puro, for the most part, right? Even things that are Nicaraguan Puros, even though there's tons of variations and wide spectrum of Nicaraguan tobacco from different regions. I I think Honduran is like a... a, better more sensible thought for people to kind of just like absorb and say yeah i know what you're talking about this cigar was like fucking everything it was like what can i take from here what can i take from here what can i take from here what can i interlace into this and this is and to me the complexity and the balance of the cigar that it remained despite the fact that it was like almost like just this fucking crazy roller coaster of flavors was actually kind of fucking cool and unique especially in a cigar that i'm gonna come out and say is a four and a half by 54 there's no way this fucker's five inches it shrunk, and if it shrunk, maybe it's due to dehydration. I don't know. This fucker's not five inches long. You are no messing with us, Foundation. Um, so I think about the flavors, and I think about the excellent burn, and I couple that with an amazing construction, and I go, okay, $12. Is it worth it? To me, I thought flavor-wise and everything else in Cigar were fantastic, and I will go on a limb to say, so far in 2021, this is the best cigar that I've smoked. Oh, Ooh. bold statement, huh? Bold statement. Bold Chris, statement. I smoke at least twice a day at this point. Nah, maybe one and a half times. Smoking a lot of cigars, smoking through a lot of shit. Bold statement is to say, so far in 2021, we've already made it through two full months. This is my favorite cigar so far. Bold statement. Bold statement, Cotton. You know what? I equally, maybe not as much as you, but I definitely liked the cigar a lot. If, for $12, right? If the cigar was like lighting a piece of paper on fire and watching it just go, or like lighting a match and watching it dissipate in a very short period of time, if if this was a short smoking experience, I would question the value of $12 regardless of how good it tasted. Because it's just a such a short-lived experience, right? Okay. And it, it, would, it left me wanting so much more out of something that cost $12. I don't hate that. I, but, I'm, I'm in with your logic. But I will say it was a slow burner. Don't know why, but I anticipated that this would have been an hour cigar. Yeah, and I think I, I thought the same took thing. it for an hour and a half ride. Right. And because I was able to do so and enjoy it and take my time with it, and it makes it worth $12. Hmm. It makes me wonder also, depending on how good it is, it's like how long it takes to smoke also is it also influences my whether or not it's worth the price, right? Because it's right. like if it, was a good, if it was a decent cigar and I liked it and I smoked it for two hours and still liked it that whole two hours. I would probably say, yeah, it's what, 10, 10, Well, 10 yeah, dollars. short-lived experience is totally different. You think about just the components themselves, right? How much material is actually in here? Right. 
that's kind of the weird thing about cigars is that like oftentimes I use the one-off, um, the Louisiana one-off as an example. There's certain Vitolas that are cigar that are smaller. So in terms of like the actual components of the cigar being used, the material itself, there's certain Vitolas that MSRP less than something that is actually larger. Um, or sorry, something that is larger actually is MSRP less than something that is smaller. I think the argument there is that this is a better overall experience in terms of Vitola, in terms of flavors imparted and so on and so forth. I think there are some scenarios in cigars where you would suggest like, hey, maybe this Corona, right, is the best Vitola, so it's $10. Well, we also make this in a 6x52 Toro, but it's not the best Vitola, so it's actually $9. Using that as an example, and I've seen that before. Now... Is okay. So we should we just do the scores, right? I think we've got it. No, I haven't said what I thought. If it from a price perspective, why are you? Oh, that's why I was assuming that is poor of me. That's poor form. Yeah, I think it's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, amazing construction, excellent burn. I love the fucking flavors. I think at twelve dollars, it's worth it. I think it's appropriate. Yeah, I think it's worth it too. I think the burn experience was surprising and backed by some really good flavors. It makes it worth it. It does. Um, well, Corey, 10 out of 10 construction for me. 20 out of 20 on burn. And 25 out of 30 on flavor. Uh, with no bonus or deduction on price, I thought it was a good price for this little experience, which took me about an hour and a half. My score comes out to a 91.7%, which is highly recommended. We'll put that and upgrade it to a 92. Um, same as you in terms of the first two, 10 out of 10 on construction, flawless, 20 out of 20 on burn. I thought the fucking flavors were exceptional. I gave it a 27 with an appropriate price point which actually gives me a score of a 95. That comes out to a 93 and a half, which I don't like. So let's go back to your 91.7. I'm going to go up to my 95 even, and then that will average out to a 93. I would say that that is the highest rating we've given a cigar thus far except for we rated up to the Hiram and Solomon cigars actually came below 93, but we actually um, bumped it up to a 93 because it was like a 92.7 or something. Yeah. This technically would be the highest scoring cigar that we've had thus far on the show this year. I just think this cigar is incredible, man. I've already smoked it before, by the way, but I was actually intoxicated when I smoke it. I feel like I say that often on this show. It's like I've had it before, but I was definitely drinking when I had it and I don't remember much about it. I really, really, really like this cigar, even for the money. I thought it was fucking great. You know what? And it makes me want to smoke the Goliath. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for the big hog. Do you even know how David killed Goliath? Was it with a rock? Rock to the forehead. Yeah, seems really, really far-fetched. <laughs> it There's does. the Bible for you. It seems really far-fetched. But you know what doesn't sound far-fetched? I'm waiting. Someone throwing their feces in your face. <laughs> That'll get you. <laughs> That'll get you every time. Like, I, you know, taking a rock to the forehead being such a giant beast, right? Right. With your little little David throwing his stone uh, overhand. 
right into this poor Goliath's forehead and killing him seems so far-fetched or knocking him unconscious yeah, Didn't it kill does it knocked does. him unconscious it seems incredibly far-fetched however there's no doubt in my mind that if David was prepping the night before with cheese pasta and some spicy sauce that he could adequately devise some sort of weapon aka his shit shit rockets and throw his shit from watching monkeys do it, throw his own shit at his enemies. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a better way of not only knocking out your enemy unconsciously by the fumes and disgusting scents that come from your own feces, but it would immediately make me run as an enemy because the last thing I want to be covered in is your shit. Not my shit. Yeah. Your shit. Yeah, you're covered in your shit often. Yeah. You're used to that. You do poop play. Poop play. Yeah. But other people shit off limits. Poop art. Poop art. Yeah. Um, all right. I think it's a great score. I think it's a good... I like the cigar. I'm excited to smoke again. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I thought it was fucking great. Like, this is one I'd love to have on hand often. The price point is achievable. Yeah, I think it's worth it. And I rarely say that in something that's such a short Vitola. Let's call it four and a half by 52 or four and a half by 54, whatever the fuck it is. It's not five. Um, let's just call it what it is. Um, yeah, I usually wouldn't pay $12 for it, but I fucking love the cigar, man. I just thought it was incredible. So I'm going out on a limb and saying, yeah, i definitely buy it again. Well, this is the second time I've had it, so obviously I bought it more than once. Good score. Actually, great fucking score. Good cigar. Yeah. The best one we smoked so far this year averaged out. So, congratulations. Congratulations. Foundation Tabernacle. David. I dug it. Um, All right. Final segment of our show. Questions with Chris. Are you ready for it, Chris? I can't believe it's still going. This is baffling to me. Chris, this will go literally till the end of time or until you get back on social media. Uh, Okay. You choose. That's fair. All right. Question number one. Chris, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Mm. One thing I could change about me. Oh. Seems very topical and dark. Jesus Christ. I was hoping you'd say your nose. uh, Less selfish. Okay. Less selfish? You? Yeah. Yeah. You're the least selfish person I know. I know. I mean, you, I think. You accommodate everybody all the time. Yeah. Well. Except for me, which is annoying. But everybody else. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's some things I know I do selfish. Like what? But who Maybe. doesn't? Oh, I, I can't say these things on the, <laughs> on the show. Chris, I'm the most selfish person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I'm fucking so actually not anymore. I used to be though. I used to be selfish as fuck. And you know what? My whole thought process around that as far as like selfish behavior is like you only fucking live once. So if you're not doing things for yourself or that are self-serving, like what if you miss out on the opportunity to do things that you've always wanted to do? They're ingrained in your brain. They're dreams of yours. They're aspirations that you have and you sacrifice doing those things for something else. Not even for someone else, but oh, just maybe something you know what, else. You know what? There is one thing I'd change. You're not. That's not that. 
Um, taking taking the original direction I should have career wise, which is concept artist, and mm, that's good. I like that. That's a good one. I like and that I, answer. I transitioned to like graphic design and then became a product designer and mm, dude, that, that's right? good. But I I I have way much more love for concept art and being creative and creating like just concepts and ideas out of nothingness that is so far fetched and fantasy driven, you know, like that stuff is, is awesome to me. Is it like your uh, tapeworm cartoon? Kind of. Yeah. Like that too. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is like, so I don't think we, you know, after 188 episodes, people don't really know a lot about us. Like in terms of like, I don't really expose too much on my career, like what I do and like what you do. Although I think people understand that you are graphically inclined because anytime someone says, who knows your fucking posters? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it's crazy. Graphic artist. But people don't know, like in terms of like your capability and just like free sketching and drawing in general. Like even, even I remember you painted a piece one time and you're like, I'm not good at painting. And then you painted a piece and we were like. Oh, but you actually are good at painting. You just never done it before to that degree. And it's like, no, you are good at those things. Like that kind of art. I remember like just stuff that you drew when you were like, dude, like it's almost like Tiger Woods golfing at the age of like four or five. You're like, this kid's going to be good. You were drawing at that age and everyone's looking at your shit like, well, you shouldn't be able to do that at that age. Like at four or five, you shouldn't be able to draw like that. Like, that's an exceptional skill for such a young age. So, like, I I know the free sketch, freehand stuff. I remember dad sleeping on the couch and you sitting in front of him, drawing him. I remember that. Oh, and you're, like, drawing a picture of dad as he's sleeping because he was still. It was the only time you could draw a picture of him because he was actually not moving. I remember that now. Dude, yeah. and we were young. I was like 10. You were probably, then you were 11, and you're just sitting there like staring at him like, and dr- perfectly drawing him. This is not like, oh, Chris is what he conceptualizes in his head and what he actually puts down on paper are two variations. No, it's not. It's the same exact thing. Shading, line, symmetry, everything is exactly the same. It's exactly the way that your brain perceives it or my eyes would perceive it is exactly what you put down on paper. It's the creepiest fucking shit I've ever seen because it looks so goddamn real. You're like, it like gives you chills. You're like, ugh. You did want a grandma one time. I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, dude, you you put that up in a fucking house. It'll fucking scare the shit out of you and you're walking down the hallway. It's crazy. Dude, your your artistic capability is unlike anything I've ever seen. Unlike anything I've ever seen. And I'm not saying that to like, you already give yourself kudos for stuff and you know you're good, but it's literally fucking unreal. And it's crazy too, because like when I respond to people and go, hey, yeah, no, like all the artwork is done by Chris. He does this for a living. They see this like digital representation of your creativity. You're using digital tools to help design these things but no one realizes that like you can take a pen or a pencil and literally fucking draw anything you want anything nothing there's nothing too complex there's nothing too complicated if it's something that interests you you could arguably make whatever that thing is even more interesting than what it is when our eyes perceive it 
Yeah. Like no one knows that you do that. And I've seen yeah. all that shit. It's fucking insane. It's literally insane. Yeah. So there you go. You should get back into doing that, dude. It's fucking wild. The stuff that you've done. It's crazy. Remember all those art competitions that you used to do in school that like mom and dad <laughs> would drag us all to. And it'd be like, Oh, what one piece does Chris have? Oh no, Chris doesn't have one piece. He has 15 pieces in this fucking art show and then you'd win every time like you're just always beating everybody at these art shows i remember the one that we went downtown was it the public library in dayton we went downtown about the fucking garfield one that was the big one i remember going downtown for that it was at the, the public one I library got second place because second i lost place. a fucking kid who couldn't keep his colors in his lines yeah fuck that kid Fuck that kid. Remember that one time we did the Frisch's coloring contest and I want I got like second place and I you didn't place. But but the reason was was because mine was so shitty, they could have never believed that someone that did yours was your age. They're like clearly an adult colored because dude, mine was so fucked up. This shit was out of the lines. They're just scribbles of fucking colors and shit. And We're I like, parented this one. You know what it was? You know what it was? They're like, God, we feel bad for this autistic kid. <laughs> like we feel bad. We feel bad for this idiot that doesn't know how to color in the lines. And yours was like a perfect shit. It was like an Easter thing, I think. It was an egg. Yeah. And it had like a design on it. And you had perfectly colored everything in. And mine just looked like dog shit. <laughs> I think I used brown for my entire egg. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was like brown and yellow. It looked so terrible. I didn't even use pastel colors. They weren't Easter colors at all. And I got second place. I'm like, well, they clearly judge this wrong. But like when you become an adult and you realize the reason that you won or the realize <laughs> the way someone else lost it just because they felt bad for you. <laughs> so funny. That was so ridiculous. I remember getting that fucking glow. It was a glow in the dark dinosaur t-shirt that I did. I think it was oh, dope. like that. a $25 gift card. They, the I problem put, was, is I got fat really fast and I outgrew that thing in like a year. I remember they put all the artwork up on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Frishes. And yeah. that's where you could see them all. Yeah. yeah. Yours was like, <laughs> this was like an eight year old contest and Chris is coloring at like a 25 year old. <laughs> it was like an actual artist. Like, and of course they weren't going to pick you because they never believed it was a fucking kid that did it. You know, I reflect back on that and I go, well, yeah, that's the reason they didn't pick you. It's because there's no way a kid could do that. Like yours, you drew lines and symmetry in that, that they didn't even include in the original picture. <laughs> yeah. I was doing designs <laughs> and patterns on the edge. Yeah. You were doing shit inside of it that they never even included. It's like, well, of course they weren't going to pick you. Um, anyway, that was, God, that was a long question. See why we do this. It's so we get to know you. This is things about you that people don't know. Uh, what do you consider your greatest, greatest achievement? Greatest achievement? Hmm. Second place at the Dayton Public Library Art Contest. <laughs> That's up there. <laughs> um, my greatest achievements, I don't, I think are yet to be realized. Hmm. Interesting. That's I think they're yet profound, to be realized. It's a profound answer. Yeah. So for for the audience, we'll call that TBD. Yeah. Where would you most like to live? Mm. There's two places, beach or in the mountains around a lake. Mm. Personally, but I would go with number two, mostly because you can't get hurricanes in a lake. That's true. Yeah. Beaches freak me out because shit changes so much. <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's beautiful. Do you think about Montana in like that's December? True. Like, would you, I would say like, would you rather be by like a cozy fire in a fucking giant cabin mansion on yeah. a lake in the winter or, you yeah, know, know that for sure. Fucking boarding up your windows <laughs> on a beach yeah. house. That's true. Yeah. Lauren and I have actually talked about, and I think we're going to do it this year is getting a lake house for the weekend in like Montana, like on That'd a lake, but like probably in the winter time, like actually do it in the winter. That would be sweet. You just have that beautiful landscape. And if you want to, you know, go grab a snowmobile, you can do it or whatever. But yeah, yeah. We, we didn't talk about for, cause I've been out there. She's never been out West out there and I've been out there a few times and it's literally the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the uh, best part of the United States, hands down. Um, what is your most marked characteristic? Marked characteristic. Yeah. Meaning known by the, by the population. Uh, too goofy. I was going to say goofiness for sure. Hands down. Yeah. I don't want to say too goofy. I'm just going to say goofiness. <laughs> um, let's see. Give me, give me one more. What are your favorite names? No, 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 no. I don't want to do that one. Who are your heroes in real life? Heroes. Mm. That's really tricky, actually. I don't think I really have one that I like have such a strong affinity to that I'm I like gravitate towards one individual or even a few individuals. I'm kind of the same way. There's a lot of people I admire to a very high degree. I think when I think about heroes, it the uh, it's different. Yeah, I don't know. Like heroes always implies for me that I'd be like them one day or a one to aspire to be like them. And I can't really say I aspire to be like someone else. Yeah. Especially the older I get, the less that seems like a goal. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah. I, that's a hard one. I'd have to think about that one. Yeah. I have sincere admiration for a ton of people. Yeah. But heroism is like a different plane that you're kind of playing. on. Yeah. I do agree with you. It's that would be tough for me to choose as well. And I know, you know, like a lot of people will, will, uh, cite examples of like athletes and so on. But like, even to me, that's not, you know, like my heroes aren't guys that put pads on or even the people I admire aren't necessarily guys that put pads on and beat the brains out of another guy. You know, what you I know, mean? who's my hero the man that gets up at two thirty AM and straps on his reflective gear and goes down the street picking up people's trash. Mm. That's my hero. I do like that guy. Keeps everything clean. That's right. Keeping I, the world beautiful. I have one more question. Okay. Because I know what your answer is going to be. What nervous habits do you have? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, as eat I, fuzz. As I stare at your sweater and my own sweater. Yeah, I eat fuzz now. Again. Are you really doing it again as like a habitual thing or is it just like funny? It's just kind of funny, okay. um, but really tasty. Um, and <laughs> then uh, <laughs> I also, uh, I had a really nervous habit of biting my nails growing up until literally my 30s. Yeah, that was bad. You really did munch down on those things, didn't you? Yeah, I, that was a really tricky one. Dude, forever uh, the, you thought your fingers were Triscuits. It was crazy. The other thing, I couldn't let my beard grow out too far early in my later 20s because I always found myself picking out spots over here and mm -hmm. I'd get like 
bald spots <laughs> where I'd be pulling out my facial hair. Dude, I did the same thing except for this time around. I used to get these real nervous. It was like a nervous habit. And I used yeah. to just like sit there and like just do this and then just like boop and one hair yeah. and then boop another hair. But I haven't done it. And this is why I got this fucking thick ass glorious beard now is because I've I've restrained myself and I've I've created ways to migrate that activity into something more constructive in my life, which is very challenging to do, to be honest with you. I can imagine. Yeah, but I made it. I mean, look at this. Now I don't do yeah. anything with it. Just fucking gnarly ass big beard. And yeah, she's going to get starting bigger. to look like your father-in-law. Yeah. Oh, you know what's really creepy about that? It's like a girl I work with. One of my employees said that to me today. Creeped me out. She's like, hey, I don't want to be rude, but you posted a picture on Instagram. And she said that she thought Mark was me with the old person filter on, like the face app filter. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, are you serious? She's like, yeah. Because I was just like, God, should I let the beard keep going? She was just like, oh, by the way. Uh, saw that Instagram picture that you posted. Um, thought that was you with the old face face. <laughs> I was like, fuck. That's funny. I just like it. It's actually pretty comfortable. Um, it's going to suck in the, the uh, summertime, but right now it's really nice. Keep It does keep your face warm. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. I have no more questions. Yeah, that's, um, that's all the time I got, folks. There'll, there'll be plenty more. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. Uh, visit our show sponsor, www.mycigarpack.com. Hot, hot 10 at checkout for $10 off your first pack. Hot um, 10. The, uh, the new March pack is coming out. It's on its way, so anybody subscribes is going to reach that. It's going to reach you in like the next week or so, actually the next, next couple days. And for anybody who isn't, get on that fucking train. Buy that shit. Some of the best packs you'll ever see. Um, you can visit our website, www.hot10. I actually I put an extra W in there. There's not four W's. Three W dot hotticketweekly.com. Reviews. You can catch the podcast on here. All of our interviews. Um, didn't post a review this week. We've got some website conditioning that we've got to get done. And we're doing some stuff to make sure that everything is flowing correctly. But we'll have a new review posted up next week. Actually, maybe a couple. Maybe just backlog a few. Um, but uh, we got a lot of stuff in the helper. So um, check us out on our website. You can go through all those reviews as well. Um, 2021 reviews and anything previous to that. Does that cover it, Chris? Brother, you couldn't put it best. Now, I will say, don't be confused, people. Check out at Hot 10. I know you use that when you're on Pornhub or your favorite porn sites to get 10% off your daily subscription of $1.99 just so you can watch that one video and get yourself off in five minutes. I know I do. Um, but yeah, I know it sounds like a porn coupon offer. It's not. It's just us. <laughs> That's all. All right, cool. Let's wrap it up. This will conclude episode 188. We'll be, act be back at you next week with episode 189. See you, everyone. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the Hot Ticket Pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at Hot Ticket Chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast. It is available all over the place. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube. Look up the Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube. 
and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes if you could and check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack at www.mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.